I'm going to cover the physiological advantages that transgender athletes have in sport. And this is a bit of a touchy subject, so I'm going to steer away from the politics and just stick to the performance-specific benefits that they might have. If you don't know me, I am a doctor and coach at Propane Fitness, and I've competed in drug-tested federations in powerlifting and gymnastics, so it's a topic that interests me personally. What I'm covering is the performance gap between men and women in sport, the rules regarding gender reassignment and transgender athletes, the role of hormones in men and women, and how that affects performance, as well as how hormone replacement therapy impacts performance in adult age, and then finally, the conclusion of whether it's fair or not. We're also very lucky to have a perspective from a friend of mine who is a trans male, and he's a bodybuilder, and he's talking us through his experience and his opinions on how his performance changed during his transition. He actually surprised me with his perspective, because here I am trying to be balanced and nuanced and looking at the data, and he's just come along with a big old sledgehammer. It's the biggest little shit I've ever heard in my life. So if you're easily offended, then maybe don't watch this video, but you'll be able to hear his perspective as well. I'm going to have to put in a few caveats here. So first of all, I'm interested in the physiological differences specifically. The data does show that there are significant social and inclusivity barriers with transgender athletes competing in sport. It's certainly got to be so difficult if you're competing in a sport where you feel like a black sheep and all the media eyes are on you and you're getting all kinds of hate from social media, It's it's got to be really tough. So I'm not downplaying that. The other thing to mention is that competitive sport tries to level the playing field, but really there's no such thing. There are wealth advantages, there's genetic lottery, there's differences in race and performance. And so really it's just trying to be as fair as you can reasonably make it, but it's never going to be completely level. I personally would find it more entertaining to watch a sport where there's no rules and you can take whatever drugs you want and it's a total free for all. It, and people can just go nuts on it. Like that would be fun to watch, but obviously it wouldn't be fair and it would be pretty dangerous as well. The ultimate goal is for trans men and women to be able to compete in the fairest capacity possible. Okay, so with those caveats in mind, we're talking about hormone therapy. So not other performance enhancing drugs like growth hormone or erythropoietin or anything, anything like that, because they would be banned as an athlete, whether you're transgender or not. This is also a massive topic and I'm very likely to be wrong on many things. I'm not very woke and so I'm probably going to misstep politically. So please let me know in the comments or do a video rebuttal if you want to have a conversation about this. But I don't want this to be a two hour video, so let's get on with it. First of all, the male versus female performance differences. This is the performance gap. So let's look at the outcomes first and then the mechanisms second. You can see here that performance records range from say 5.5% to 18.8%. The mean gap between these kind of athletic performance differences is about 10.7%, which obviously at the competitive sport level is absolutely massive. And this is why we've come to this point of having male versus female um, divisions in sport. That performance gap is pretty unequivocal for the data they were looking at. But then we have the systematic review, which personally I think is a bit disingenuous, that says there is no direct or consistent research suggesting that transgender female athletes have any advantage at any stage of their transition. Really, if that's the case, then why do we have male and female divisions. I think it is disingenuous to say that that difference between men and women is entirely social and entirely due to participation and inclusivity. Yeah, so this thing about some study saying that there are no advantages to testosterone, it's the biggest little shit I've ever heard in my life. I know there are girls who work really fucking hard and they get strong and they do because I think a lot of women 
don't realise how strong they are and I think they don't realise how strong they can be. And I also think they correlate that with a lot of negative um, messages from culture and society and so on. And I think it's a terrible fucking shame. Anyway, it's a little shit to say that testosterone doesn't make a difference. Noah Lass at my gym, who's just started on tea to support her bodybuilding goals. And she is, in terms of uh, like a growth, a strength and everything, all of them are improving at such an incredible rate and just dieting. And it's just astonishing the difference suddenly in what she's capable of. It's just total hooey and I can't even believe they've said that. Why in the fuck would bodybuilders take fucking androgens anyway? Like why the fuck would anybody take test anyway if it wasn't gonna make any difference? What a load of shit. First of all, reduced inclusivity and participation. I think perhaps, but actually there's a movement of trans guys who do bodybuilding and actually I think have like their own little shows and stuff. And there's there's at least there's one called AJ Holbrook, who is a trans guy who I think has done an incredible he looks brilliant. A lot of them just go on gear. And at that point, it's very difficult to say what the effect of the TRT level of hormones against actual, like, proper gear gear. So the lines there are a bit fuzzy, but certainly trans athletes exist more than is generally recognised. And I think it's less of a kind of reduced inclusivity. Well, maybe it's inclusivity, yeah. Because they're out there, it's just that I think people don't know. A lot of them are under foot cover. You know, a lot of them are stealth, a lot of them aren't out, so that's also a factor. But does that negate any advantage that trans athletes have in sport? Strength and speed sports have the highest difference between genders, but the gap does exist across most sports. There are some where women have an advantage over men, particularly ultra-endurance athletes. But on the flip side, you don't see women who transition to men having a competitive advantage compared to other men. and. We'll discuss why that is in a moment. Some of this is behavioural differences. Like in a typical gym, you wouldn't normally see a woman go in and smash like chest and triceps, but you would see a man doing that. Equally, you wouldn't see a man go in and just hammer his glutes and hamstrings. So that explains some of the physique differences that you see between men and women as well. So some of that is kind of socialised and behavioural differences. Also, some of the difference between men and women in certain movements is probably because of an evolutionary necessity of different movements according to this study. Next we're looking at the roles of testosterone and estrogen in men and women and the first thing I have to say is that TRT and HRT and steroids are all the same drug. One of the most annoying things people that are like oh yeah me like I'd do TRT but I'd never do steroids like it's the same thing. It's just different forms they have different side effect profiles different selectivity for androgen receptors but it's the same thing. And the source of all this debate is testosterone, because it's the performance-enhancing drug. It impacts your muscle mass, your reflexes, your strength, your physical function, your cognitive function, your mood, your bone density, your aggression, your affinity for pain and discomfort and willingness to train. So these are all things which obviously are going to give you a massive advantage in sport. When I did go on testosterone, I did notice a significant increase in my recovery but my appetite was also up which obviously that would have uh, had some kind of effect there but i gained 10 kilos of lean mass and abs lean striations in my shoulders and my strength shot up i noticed i grew certainly my traps and it's funny in retrospect i know that there are receptors in your traps which are very responsive to your androgens meanwhile when you diet in i don't have that problem where I have a drop in my testosterone levels that like a natural male would have because obviously I put it on with gel every morning. So my testosterone levels stay at a constant regardless of whether I'm uh, gaining or cutting, which is an advantage actually. 
Now, there is a dose-response relationship to this as well, so there's some benefit from going from low testosterone to normal testosterone, or high end of normal, but there's also a big advantage from going from there to super doses of testosterone as well. To keep this video short, I have another video about estrogen and its role in the body and what I did personally to reduce my estrogen, and that's all here. But we have to look at mechanisms because there isn't a huge amount of data in terms of performance with trans athletes. We've covered what testosterone does in the body, and if those effects are things that will improve your sporting performance, then that's going to improve it in both men and women. Let's look at the 2015 guidelines from the ICO in terms of rules for transgender athletes. And I found it quite difficult to really dig up the clear rules, and I think this is probably part of the, the debate. But the main thing here is that your testosterone level has to be below 10 nanomoles per litre for at least 12 months prior to your competition. Also, if I understand this correctly, you can have a penis and balls but compete in the women's category as long as your testosterone hits the requirements for that. So you need a testosterone level equivalent to a biological woman for 12 months prior to the competition. Does that make it a level playing field? In my opinion, no. And here's two examples that might help to illustrate this. If we look at ex-steroid users, so people who have been using anabolic steroids and then stopped, Later on, you look at the muscle cell biopsies of these people and they have got a massively increased density of satellite cells and myonuclei, which are kind of the progenitor cells. They are the source of muscle building in the future. So they have a better capacity for growing muscle in the future. Remember, steroids and hormone therapy is the same drug. And you can see from the study in the BMJ that after 36 months of being off the hormone therapy, they still had preserved strength and muscle mass, which gives them a potential advantage in sport. The other example is puberty. And what is puberty? It, it's basically a blasting of male hormones. It's a natural steroid cycle at a period in your life where your growth plates aren't formed, like your bones are their most malleable, like you're still developing. And so if you plow someone with steroid hormones, androgens at that time, there's going to be significant irreversible effects on their growth, their muscle mass, their strength, their aggression, all those kind of things. During that window of puberty, if you're producing major effects on your bone density and your limb length and your height, then even once puberty, the puberty steroid cycle has gone, you have still held on to those gains. So effectively, from a biological women's perspective, you're competing against somebody who has done many years of steroids and then stopped. Just because they've stopped actively using them doesn't mean that they no longer have an advantage. And this is the key. Combine that with the psychological edge and the willingness to train and the responsiveness to training, there's a big advantage in some sports. Not everything, obviously, if you look at this Harvard study of eight people, that long distance running in transgender athletes didn't seem to have much of an advantage. My average testosterone reading then was around 20, which I was much happy with. And I was different as a person. I was, I was much more focused. I had more energy. I felt that I had more personal resources and I was able to see the benefits of situations much more clearly. Now that I look back, I was more resourceful. And I think that translates into all areas of your life. It changes your attitude, which has a knock-on effect to the way that people respond to you. And it's an upward spiral. If you approach weights or a vault, like a, a fucking vault or one of them, or even like in a football game, if you approach it with the mental attitude that testosterone gives you, if you like, then you're automatically going to be at an advantage, even if 
it hasn't conferred any physiological advantages, although it has. Like Having that mental attitude is a huge part of it. But even then, there are limits. That Your body has limits, and your mind can overcome a lot of them. But when it comes to trans women, if you're growing up uh, as, a, as a male and you are producing testosterone naturally from a young age, even somebody who goes on gear for a bit and then comes off, the satellite cells that you gain in your muscle bellies have a signal to, to grow. Don't go away. You are always thereafter at an advantage over somebody who's never had gear. And I think it's the same with somebody assigned male at birth who produces testosterone naturally. The effect that's going to have on their bone structure, their leverage points. Males are built differently. They have different leverages. And if you've had testosterone in your body from the age of 12 throughout your puberty when you are growing, that's going to affect you forever, even if you take testosterone blockers later, because the, of the effects that it has on your body, it basically primes you to be stronger and more capable from the beginning. It, get, it get, comes down to the point of like, why in the fuck is there this distinction in sport of men's sport and women's sport? The fucking reason is because they're different fucking creatures, right? They are different creatures and that's just, the, that's the bottom line. And I think the only way of handling it really is to put them all in the same, not separate them anymore. But then what you'd find is all the men would be at the fucking top. And that's, but in some disciplines, the women would be at the top, actually, I'd expect. But most things that require speed and power and strength, men excel at, and I would attribute that to having testosterone in their body for a long time, or just at all. So, I mean, you get eunuchs, and they're known for being little and skinny and pathetic and weak, aren't they? And so then the next question is, what is the strength loss over time when you transition? So, when you stop using steroids, there will be some strength loss, but you also have that higher density of satellite cells and myonuclei, so the potential to gain muscle again is very high. This happens in both genders, so mostly age-related. As you get older, and we all drift and lose our gains in our slow march towards death. But age aside, what's interesting is that estrogen and female HRT actually preserves strength in women. So it's possible that when you are transitioning from male to female, and then you take estrogen, that that may actually be locking in some of the gains as well. It's a bit uncharted territory, and we don't really know if that's true at this stage, but it's an interesting thought. In conclusion, is it unfair? Well, the main issue is that the criteria that they're using is obviously flawed. That testosterone suppression acutely, or subacutely, is not a great metric, because you can't undo puberty. So what is the specific advantage? How can we quantify this? Well, the way I would look at it is that a trans man, so someone who has gone from female to male and is now taking testosterone, is has got the equivalent advantage of a woman who is doping. A trans woman, someone who has gone from male to female, is that the advantage they have is equivalent to the degree of puberty that they've had. So multiple years of steroid cycle effectively. So even if they are off medications and off any hormones for 36 months, they've still locked in a lot of those gains. So the advantage that they have is the degree of advantage they've got from male puberty minus 36 months of low testosterone. So what options do we have for transgender participation? One option is transgender games. There's currently a transplant games and so setting up a another federation effectively for this could be one option. 
The other option is a total open field where you can just take whatever you want, but, um, you know, it would be entertaining, but obviously people that have a physiological advantage would just dominate the sport and it wouldn't be very inclusive. This is Ethan's perspective on it. Men are fucking stronger than women and they're fucking stronger than women because they've got testosterone in their body. And that's my very simple who do you sort of answer. And I think that it's wrong that people who are assigned male at birth can compete in women's events, even if they've had testosterone blockers, because of the residual effects on their physiology. It's fucking indisputable. I don't even know how anybody could bring that up. And to say that it's about their identity and recognising their identity and their wish to, trip to, to compete in this way, uh, I think is a load of shit. And I think that when you transition, you agree. Like, it's like these men who get pregnant. That really fucks me off because not only do I not really understand it because I'm just like, for fuck's sake, like, surely part of the fucking thing is that you don't identify with that. But it's like when you decide to transition, you're also making a, a statement in society. It's like when you fucking, it's like getting married, right? It's like when you get married, you're making a statement in society to say, I am married to this person. And as a result, I won't go around shagging everybody else. And it's, it's the same thing when you undertake to transition. You're saying, OK, this is who I am and this is how I want to live. And within the parameters of society, the way it's set up, and we can bitch and moan about that all we want, but it's the way it is. And we can make small changes as we go. But banging your little drum and saying, well, I want to do that, but I also, I want to go on testosterone and live as a man, but I also want to get pregnant. I think it's the biggest little shit I've ever heard. It screams of over-entitlement, and I could really go on about people's over-entitlement. But I've been talking for 20 minutes now, and you're probably sick of us. I don't agree with this. I don't think you revoke your right to compete in sport, but there just needs to be a correct outlet for it. There's my cursory thoughts on this. If you want to do a video rebuttal, I'd be very happy to have a chat. If you're just going to post kind of non-productive stuff in the comments, then you can't expect a sensible response, but I try and get back to everyone. And in the meantime, if this piqued your interest, I would recommend having a look at this video.